Hello and welcome to Let's Talk Autism, the podcast all about autism and additional educational needs. I'm Michelle and I'm joined with my co-host, Christelle. Hiya, Christelle. How are you this week? I'm good, Michelle. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. I must admit, I've had a bit of a difficult one this week. What with the... Yeah, you've had a tough week, haven't you? But yeah, this week has been pretty tough. I wouldn't know what it was, to be honest. I would say, I suppose the weather didn't help because we couldn't get out. My middle son likes to have his space and run about and we're very blessed to have a lovely garden. I don't know about you, but some people are like, you can still go out just because it's raining. Go out, put your wellies on and your raincoat and splash in the puddles. Yeah, but then they get cold. Yeah, that's all well and good, Karen, do you know what I mean? But like, when my child hates the wind, my son hates the wind, and it's been really windy as well. So like, when he has the wind around his ears, that really, really puts him in a, you know, a bad place. He just cannot stand the feel and the sound of the wind around his head. Uh, and irritates him? Does it irritate him? Yeah, it irritates him, and he gets quite sort of, I think he gets quite afraid. It's quite an overwhelming experience to have the wind sort of howling around him like that. But yeah, we had one day where he just, he'd, I think he's got a bit of a cold. So that's what this built up to. He weren't maybe feeling too good in himself. And he was just, it was yesterday. And he was just in hysterics. Like, I just heard this blood curdling scream come from the next room. He was screaming and he was crying and it took me ages and ages to find out why. And when I did, I was like, what's wrong? What's happened? And he just said, he can't smell anything. I said, what mm. do you mean? What is there to smell? And it was where he had a blocked up nose. Mm. He was just like, I can't smell anything at all. So yeah, it was just really stressful. So in the end, I got out like some, some spices. I was a bit dubious thinking, oh no, what if he can't? He has really got a blocked up nose and he can't smell anything through it. Do you know, because we don't think about that, do we? No, it's like it's so natural for us. We know that if we have a cold and our nose is blocked, that in a few days or so it, it will ease up. Who might not understand that? Bless him. I know it is. They're just pure panic, I suppose. I don't know if it, he does sniff like his foods and things before he eats them. So I don't know if that's what concerned him. Like he thought mm. he sniffed something and thought, you know, he couldn't smell his, I don't know, his Weetabix or something. I don't know. Yeah. I used to get in trouble for sniffing my food. Like if I sniffed my food, my mum would be like, "Don't do that! It's so rude." <laughs> I was thinking, "How's it rude? I'm just trying to, you know, take in the aroma, you know." But I used to get in trouble for doing that. <laughs> That's so funny. But bless him. I hope that he does feel better soon. Yeah, hopefully on the mend this week. How's everyone else coping in your house, Crystal, at the moment with lockdown? How's uh, your eldest? I know he's the same age as my daughter, and I know it's a, a worry sort of thing of how they're not seeing their friends and things like that. I know that really bothers my daughter at the moment. So obviously he had a little play date with his cousin the other day. So they had a great time, you oh, know, just nice. seeing each other and had dinner together, had games and with their toys and everything so they had a great time yeah and I mean with your eldest I think same age as my eldest and for them it is the social aspect isn't it that you know and not having the respite really from their younger siblings because that's just yeah. as important I mean I know I am craving some sort of respite and people sort of say oh why don't you go out at night and have a walk or and you think that's all well and good but if my son's been up all night 
and, mm. and the youngest has been up. Yeah. The last thing I want to do when I've got them all asleep at like half seven is go out. Go, go for <laughs> walk. And you hurt your ankle last time, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, hurt my ankle. I'm just a write-off. I'll hop along here. Yeah. So. Uh... <laughs> yeah, you just want to. You just want to rest. I think, especially when you have like children who have problems sleeping, you want to have your own time. You want to sleep as well. So with me, yeah, I, I kind of just I don't go to bed straight away, just because I feel like I just need some me time. But then obviously, if I have me time, I'm gonna go to bed even later. Yeah, you know? exactly. And then you're and more. And then tired. I feel like. Yeah, but then if I feel like if I just go straight to bed, then I've not had any time to just relax by myself. Yeah. So. Oh no, I was debating whether to get up a little an hour earlier or half an hour earlier than my actual children get up. I was thinking that way maybe I'll have a little bit because that first getting up in the morning is so stressful in my house. Everyone feels like everyone's screaming. <laughs> it's like yeah. half five, six o'clock and literally everyone's screaming, the dog's barking. And I just think I'd love, I don't even care about getting up early in the morning. As we've said before, you know, it, that ain't a problem to me. But getting up and just trying to drink my first cup of coffee in the morning with everybody screaming and demanding. I think maybe I should just set my alarm half an hour and then just chill out, catch up on whatever on my phone, have my coffee, mm. maybe even have my breakfast in peace. And then mm. wait for them to, ru- you know, run down the stairs like a... And I think sometimes parents take it for granted how important important it is for you to have some of your own time even if it is just half an hour or an hour um just to feel because I, I feel like if I don't have a me time I don't feel human yeah I don't feel like oh this is Christelle and I know at one point when, when you know the kids when they were younger I put, there's a point where I really didn't know who I was anymore because I was just yeah. mum 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 um so I really just had to learn just to start giving back to myself and not feeling guilty about it as well. Because sometimes you, you think, oh, let me just go out for an hour and walk. And then I feel guilty. I think, oh, no, I'm leaving them with my husband. I'm thinking, but it's their dad. What's wrong with you? Go for a walk and, you know, yeah. have some time to yourself. So it's, you know, we're just being parents. I think, I think you're right as well, Christelle, with that, like losing who you are. And I think before lockdown came in, obviously I was getting a respite when they were at school, but also... I was, you know, I was training for the London Marathon. So I had that occupying a lot of my spare time. I was working, obviously, on the radio, uh, you know, presenting on Cambridge 105, doing sort of guest stuff on the BBC. And all of a sudden, all of that's been taken away. And, you know, I am just mum, 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 <laughs> continually. And I think I have felt a little bit lost with that. You know, I have felt a little bit just who am I? Like, yes, I am a mum and that is my most important role. But also it is important to have that ourselves as well and have that little bit of identity outside that mum role, isn't it? And I think that's what I've struggled with the last couple of weeks is that, like, you know, I, I just feel a little bit lost. And I know that I have to try and reach out and speak to people more. And I've always got you. And this podcast has really helped actually. Like, mm. you know, we've, we've just got such lovely messages, haven't we, the last couple of weeks. And I really do think it's it's a good thing, you know, and I'm really glad that we're helping others out there and getting this message out there. So today yeah. I'm going to speak to author, famous author, Rachel Dove. She's come to speak to us because she's got an autistic son and her autistic son is in secondary school so it'd be very interesting I think to hear what life is like from their point of view in teenage years with autism 
So welcoming in to the Let's Talk Autism podcast suite, that's my fancy terminology for it, is author <laughs> Rachel Dove. Hiya, Rachel. Hello. Hiya. So Rachel, you're coming to speak to us today about autism in teenage years, I suppose, and secondary school sort of age. So mm-hmm. tell us a little bit about your boys and your journey with autism. Okay, so I've got two boys. Jaden is 12 and he has Asperger's. And then I have Nathan, who is just turned 11. Um, and he has what you would class as standard autism. Obviously, they call it all ASD now, but he has more of the classic autism. And he has also got um, ADHD diagnosed now as well. Oh, right. I didn't realise both of your children diagnosed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It? Both on the spectrum. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. So was that easy to spot with your second son because of, you know, first son? Uh, No, actually, second son helped me diagnose first son. Right. Nathan, the youngest, was always the one with the more obvious issues. I went for help to my health visitor um, when he was 18 months old to be told to go back when he was two. And Jaden, he was doing well at school. He was very clever didn't really have any issues quite a quiet boy loved books and so he kind of flew under the radar for me a lot he could recite the gruffalo word for word when he was about three I didn't really have any concerns to be honest I was more concerned about my youngest so he kind of snuck up on me there right so Um, then so obviously you had Nathan yeah diagnosed and then Mm -hmm. so how long after was it that with Jaden you thought actually there might be or is it somebody else that said that to you it was kind of similar times with the um, assessment process. They kind of went through the assessment process at the same time. But the first time that Nathan actually went through the assessment process, he didn't actually get the diagnosis. It was inconclusive um, because he didn't quite hit one of the criterias, which I dispute anyway, because it's the fact that he can wave and smile, which obviously is not... Like, <laughs> People with autism can wave and smile, obviously. Nathan's called Smiler. We call him Smiler because he's literally the happiest kid. He smiles in his sleep. Um, But he's still autistic. So they kind of went through the process at the similar times. And I actually was very reluctant to get Jaden diagnosed because I'd just been through the whole process with Nathan and kind of Mm. it was inconclusive. But the NHS always 100% had my back all the way through this. And obviously Nathan's 11 now, so been a long haul. I wanted to ask you how their ASD differ from each other if that makes sense or are they very similar? Um, They're really not in a lot of ways no Um, obviously Nathan's will be affected by the fact that he's got ADHD as well so some of the traits you can't always contribute whether it's ADHD trait or an an autism trait. Um, He he is on medication now but it's very early days. Um, with Jaden, he is definitely less sociable. Nathan's very sociable to the point of the other way. I remember when he was a little toddler in his car seat crying in the tip because I wouldn't let him hug one of the tip men that worked there. <laughs> he, was, <laughs> he was just this massive, massive guy, really muscular guy, and he was crying. He was like, please, can I hug the tip man? And the, the, the tip man was like, I'm sorry, but what do I do? And I was like, you can't hug him, obviously, but... <laughs> He, he used to kiss shop assistants, did Nathan, like the, the checkout girls. He used to want to kiss them to say thank you. Oh. <laughs> and that kind of doesn't tally with the assumption of autism. So Nathan will go out. He can cope with changes better. 
Nathan is more sensory, so he likes to keep things tidy, he likes to line things up. Well, they're both like tents, blankets, cushions, anything to do with textures. But Jaden is very different in the fact that he doesn't like social contact and it kind of does drain him a lot and he does struggle to keep friendships and things. Nathan struggles to keep friendships, but more when he is stressed in a classroom environment, it can cause issues and that's where he struggles to keep friendships. And also, they both try and direct play a lot. With uh, regards to, because uh, obviously your boys are quite well, a good five, six years older than Christelle and I. So as they've got older and you said about friendships, how has that sort of affected them? Because obviously at the moment, my son, he's liked, very well liked. But friendship wise, I think if some he didn't have a friend, it wouldn't at the moment really concern him too much because he'd go and play with somebody else but obviously as children get older and mm. those friendships become stronger in f- different friendship groups how has that affected the boys massively Jaden didn't really have a friend in very much in primary school he very much struggled he was the subject of bullying which didn't get dealt with and how did that affect Jaden massively massively to the point where he wanted to take his own life and actually actively looked to take his own life. Oh my goodness. Which, which terrified me as a parent because the one mm. thing you don't expect when you're trying to keep your child alive is that you assume that they want to stay alive. And that kind of broke me and it still breaks mm. me, to be fair. Right. So, yeah, I, um, I can imagine. And how did you deal with that as a parent? I was very proactive and basically rang every service that I could to bypass the school to kind of quash this. He went to CAMS, which didn't work out very well, but we tried. And he's recently been re-referred this week because of the more hormonal side of things. Now, as Jaden's obviously gone into high school, he has taken kind of more control of it. So... He has friendships now and oh, he good. speaks himself. He's taken ownership of his autism basically since the diagnosis oh. has helped him. So now if he has a fallout, he will say to his friends, which I'm very proud of him of, because oh. um, it shows a great deal of emotional maturity at his age. He actually says, I have autism. I struggle mm. with this. Please bear with That's me. That's amazing. Yeah. It is. And it amazing. takes a lot of strength for him to do that, which... He hasn't learned from primary school, so yeah. I'm, I'm glad, yeah. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you, Rachel. So my son does say, I suppose where he's heard us say it, and we have explained it to him in a kind of roundabout way, what autism is. At what point did Jaden and Nathan both sort of, yeah, is that a thing they come to accept? You know, how does that work? From a very young age, I was one of these mums who always said, I'm not going to talk down to my children. They always kind of knew what we were doing and talk about it and we used to talk about differences and things and I'm a bit of a liberal anyway so we have open discussions like in the house about things like that anyway so they kind of took ownership early on so they kind of understood the process so it wasn't a shock to them yeah Um, in fact when Nathan got diagnosed he just basically said well yeah I knew that didn't the doctors know that Mummy, we knew that (laughs) I was like well yes they did but they just had to make sure and they was like oh okay well, tell school and my friends then. Oh. So I always kind of said, I'll tell people who need to know, but straight away I basically said, I will not tell anybody unless you want to. 
so we had a conversation around that and they're kind of used to me speaking about it now so you mentioned that you're an author Mm -hmm. and but so is your son he is yeah so (laughs) how did that come around well basically I kind of wanted to I'd been skirting around putting autism into my books because it was such a big part of my life professionally and personally that I kind of wanted to reflect that in my book so I have actually got two books that I've written with autistic characters in them autistic children Um, because obviously I wouldn't want to write an autistic voice because it's not my story to tell so I had this idea and I just had a title in my head of autistic Alfie and it was just on a post-it note on my desk for ages and I was like I'd like to write something around this and kind of for children and then one day I just said to him, I want to write this story and I've got this title. What do you think? And he kind of said, oh, okay, let's have a look at this then. And he, he literally wrote it in about two hours and I've oh. never got over it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Rachel has sent me the book and it's brilliant. My children love it. Absolutely love it. It, it, it was just great. And I've, I've still got a video recording of him reading it for the first time at home and like oh. talking to the camera. And he never did that before. And it was just amazing. I was like, this is a real experience. Like, he, he should tell his story. This is how it is. This is what we need for children to be seen. Because obviously, growing up, there's not that many picture books of autistic kids. Because I looked, trust me. And yeah. some of them are a little bit condescending and some of them are a little bit way over the mark. So, what better for a, a child to read a book written by a child I think it's amazing for him to write a book at his young age and I think it will encourage other children with autism to know that they can do anything yeah I 100% agree and he's quite proud of himself but he doesn't really say much and he did actually get um, a lot of people want for him to go and do like book talks and signings before Covid so we didn't quite know how we were going to navigate that so it was kind of taken out of our hands I'm not sure he would have done it because he, how did he, feel about he that? just struggle he was kind of like, oh, that'd be great, but can I kind of sit in the back and not, not talk mm. to anybody? Can I take a blanket kind of thing? Um, and I just think it's just a lovely book. And so I'm really proud of him for that because he's really turned his life around from, from four years ago where we were. It's a different thing. And he's obviously struggling at the moment now with hormones and things. So we're, we're entering a different territory now, which is about as much fun as it sounds. But yeah, so what is what does that look him. like, Rachel? Like what how is how is life for you? Because I dread even, you know, my children that haven't got autism coming into teenage years. I know any yeah. mother would be thinking, Oh my goodness, not the teenage years, but how is life with autism and hormones? <laughs> it's, it's it's um it's basically like someone leaves a flaming bag of poop on your doorstep every morning you have to put it out <laughs> some days you get some on your shoes and some days you don't that's the best way I can describe it um it's hard and, and like I say to like I say to Jaden um you're gonna have to bear with me because I've never had a 12 year old before because I haven't he's my eldest so everything's new and I've never been a teenage boy so I'll never know what that's like right. my husband tells me what he's doing is normal so like his moods and things so yeah and obviously with the autism you don't know what is autism and what is hormones and what is him basically just trying it on so yeah friction friction is uh the word de jour i think is there a lot do you get a lot of guidance sort of around this time is there anything that because i think i'd read before that like anxiety and depression can can manifest yeah. quite a lot with teenagers uh with autism yeah that's a worry as well for parents because obviously i don't want him to go down that way again and feel like he doesn't want to kind of be here but it, I suppose it is just 
your body changes. I remember feeling myself, I mean, I can only relate it to my own feelings of puberty, which is obviously nothing to do with what Jaden's going through because I'm a girl, but I, I remember feeling very kind of confused by the stages of your body much as you do when you're kind of pregnant when you think oh that's not happened before and that wasn't there before and you know your body kind of changes so I suppose for autistic children it must be very scary because the one thing that they hate is change and it's happening in themselves so yeah that's so um, true I'd never thought of it like that yeah so yeah. I just try and help them as much as I can yeah it's just there isn't really a lot to be fair out there to help with teenage boys with autism the mm. National Autistic Society have got courses and things, but I've not really seen anything on the hormones. So I don't know. Maybe there needs to be more. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I would definitely do it. I mean, CAMS is not quite the right part of call, I suppose, mm. um, unless the depression and the anxiety is taking hold. But as we know, mm. CAMS is vastly underfunded and overworked. So maybe there should be something. Yeah, maybe that's a need. Yeah. This is definitely another service gap because puberty is just so profound it just it affects everything doesn't it it's relationships it's hormones yeah it's sexuality gender issues we've had that in our house uh, with the youngest not quite you know we had issues where he was exploring his kind of gender and we kind of let him do that and with so was that that nathan wanted to identify as a girl who he didn't know or i think he just likes the girly side of things sometimes like he likes like he used to wear dresses up nursery sometimes and like used to wear clear, clear nail varnish and wants to have his nails done and things and we just kind of let him do it you know in our household we've always kind of tried to be open as possible so we kind of let him explore that a little bit and then it, it turned out he just likes the things he just likes some things like sometimes he wants to wear a face mask so yeah. men moisturize so I think it was just that yeah. but again you've got to let them explore this thing but yeah the hormones it, it's new I'd say it's like a melting pot basically it, it's like a touch paper that's lit it up and yeah it's not fun I'm not going to sugarcoat it for those are listening it's not fun and I do think mm. that there's there is more help needed because it is it does like everything else it falls to the parents yeah. doesn't it really and the carers and um it's not a fun time so what was that but, transition from primary to secondary school like too are, are your children both in mainstream schools yeah. Uh, last year I went through this so obviously Jaden went up last year so I did the whole transition to high school and it was really good to be honest um, from the high school's point of view they're quite a big high school they're an academy but they have a really efficient Zenko there who responds to you and actually knows about autism which helps um, a little bit they kind of did extra transition around it so he had extra days going up Obviously, this year, that's all gone out of the window. It's going there, but he's got the HCP, so they've been in touch already and given him virtual classroom tours, none of which he's watched because he doesn't want to. But he's not worried about high school because he's already been up with his brother for parents' evenings and oh, things. Oh, that's good. So he is not worried about it. But they are doing the transition. But yeah, extra transition is needed. It's a really, really worrying time for a lot of parents. And how are your young boys dealing with lockdown? Jaden absolutely loves it. It's his best time ever. He had his birthday on the 27th of March and it was the best day of his life. We'd already bought him his tortoise, so he already had his tortoise early. So he had his main present. No one could come in the house to see him. Basically, everybody just had to drop the stuff off at the door and go. So mm. he, he just loved it. He was like, I don't have to see anybody. I don't have to go out. You're not, <laughs> not going to drag me to a party. 
like a zoo or anything. So make him be sociable. <laughs> yeah, it's like I just want to live him in life. I just want to sit in my bedroom in my pants and watch him play my gaming, and that's my birthday. So he yeah, absolutely loved it. Um, huzzah! Oh, thanks so much, Rachel, for coming to speak to us today. And thank you. Anybody was um, you know, looking for Jaden's book? Where can we find Jaden's book? Okay, so it's Artistic Alfie. It's out in ebook and um, picture book paperback, and it's available just predominantly from Amazon because we've self-published it um, through there. And you can order it from all your local bookshops when they start opening and things as well. Thanks so much. And we can find you, Rachel, on Instagram. And there as well, on Amazon, yeah. I'm on Instagram, um, Rachel Dove. Um, I always kind of speak about autism, so if anybody does have any questions, feel free to contact me. So, yeah, it's just Rachel Dove, Arthur, on Instagram and Twitter. I'm normally Writer Dove, so it's uh, at Writer Dove. That's great. Thanks so much, Rachel. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Okay, so that was Rachel Duff. That's really interesting, wasn't it, Chris? Um, yeah, I think she raised some important issues such as getting help for teenagers with autism. It was amazing for her to talk about that and so heartbreaking to, to know that he even wanted to take his own life. Yeah, it's really worrying, isn't it? You know, all those emotions that we do go through ourselves as teenagers. I mean, Christelle, me and you, <laughs> me and you went through our teenage years together, you know. Yeah. And it's such a confusing time isn't it it really is such a confusing time so many emotions so many new things new experiences and you're basically trying to trying to find yourself really aren't you yeah and I mean me and you have had conversations quite recently talking about our teenage years and actually how Mm. maybe our attitudes or maybe things we've said or done then and you look back Mm. and and you sort of think like why did you know it's just growing isn't it it's just growing you know, there's so much that you're going through and so many different new things going on. You know, that's, mm. it's overwhelming for for us. So you can imagine for a child with autism to be going through all of that situation and scenarios as well. Really mm. must be overwhelming. So, yeah, there there is, as Rachel was saying, there is real lacking of support in that area. Yeah, There isn't really much support out there. Oh, Chris, it's been good. It's been a good chat this week. I was feeling quite down, to be honest. And Get back every- up, girl! <laughs> every week that we do this and we have our little chat and our vent session. I it's always good, isn't it? It's like a little counselling session. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, yeah no, definitely. I come away feeling more positive, more refreshed. I've got it, got it all, off my, all off my mind, all off my chest. And um, yes, I know a lot of... chest. A- <laughs> every chest. <laughs> I know a lot of parents are... Uh, messaging us and saying yeah they can relate and I mm. think that's important that's what we wanted to do wasn't it and uh yeah, yeah. find us on instagram at let's talk autism podcast and you can also find us on twitter at let's talk autism and you can find christelle uh, you can find me on guardians of the precious on instagram and facebook and we're also on twitter i think it's guardians of tp uh, and you can find michelle over on you can find me at the Cockney Blog Girl and my blog at www.cockneyinthecountryside.com, which there's not much on there at the moment. So just follow me on Instagram and Twitter <laughs> instead. <laughs> yeah. Right. Have a brilliant week, Christelle. Yes. And you have a good weekend, everyone. That's it. A month. A month's worth of Let's Talk Autism podcast, Chris. Already? Yeah, a month. A month that we've uh, been ranting. <laughs> yes. I'll see you next week. <laughs>
Okay. Bye.